while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the phone. If you want to talk, you can also message us on the WBSM app chat if you have the WBSM app. If you don't, man, what are you doing? So I'm in today. It's just me. Uh, Chris will be back tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow, Chris and I will be joined by Mayor Mitchell for... Mayor uh, Chris and I will be joined by um, by Mayor Mitchell uh, at the seven o'clock hour. Be on with him earlier in the day, but we're going to be talking about some different stuff. Um, Chris, uh, the mayor, and I, and I think it'll be a pretty interesting conversation. One that you'll definitely want to tune into, and you'll want to tune in tonight at, and and call in at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. So later today, later this evening. Probably around 8.30-ish. I say I'm not sure exactly what time because uh, it depends on how long the candidates night in Dartmouth goes. But I'm going to have Paul Santos, who you know, as he was a guest on my old show, the Marcus Farrow show. He filled in on that show a few times. I believe he's filling in in that slot again on Saturday for Jess, he's also filled in for Ken Pittman um, multiple times as well. He's a broadcaster himself, you know, has a show on cable access and uh, has broadcasted a lot of um, uh, broadcasted a lot of sporting events and political events throughout um, throughout his career. So, uh, you know, he, he's, he's the moderator for the Dartmouth. Um, he's the moderator for the Dartmouth candidates night that's being held tonight. Um, I don't know exactly where I believe Kate, our uh, news person, Kate Robinson is there as well. Uh, going to be asking the panel, uh, going to be asking the candidates some questions. I know that in attendance is Cameron Costa, Chris Markey. So Chris Markey is the rep for Dartmouth. I believe his district now is Dartmouth and parts of Ward 1. It was formerly, I think, parts of Ward 3 on Hathaway Road. But um, Cameron Costa and Chris Markey. Cameron Costa is uh, primary and Chris Markey. He lives in the north end of New Bedford, lives in Ward 1. His mother was a, ward one, uh, was a candidate for Ward 1 City Council, actually, against Brad Markey. Uh, twice and she sits now 
on the school committee having just been elected uh, last year uh, and in uh, uncontested race she won along with um, Ross Grace and was and um, the the two those were the two new candidates uh, to fill the, those um, two open seats and calling to what he got reelected to so that's one of the candidate that's one of the um, that's one of the debates we'll call it um, I also with you in terms of challengers the only the, there's two challengers that I would say are more vocal and active than others that are making a little bit more noise uh, than others. Rick Trapillo is definitely one of them who's primarying Bill Strauss. He's making a lot of noise. Um, he's putting signs up, you know, and he, he's challenging Reb Strauss. The other is, uh, I would say Evan Gendro is, is definitely making a little bit of noise in, in his race too. Those are the only two, like uh, challenges, I haven't heard a lot from Cameron Costa's campaign. I haven't driven around much in the Ward One area. I have been through Dartmouth recently. I haven't seen a lot of Cameron Costa signs. I haven't seen that many, and I've seen some Marky stuff, but I don't know. It's difficult for me to envision a world in which Chris Markey loses that primary. I'm sorry. He, uh, you know, he's he's well known. He's been there for a while. Um, I think a lot of people like him. I like him. I think that, that Cameron Costa is a good kid too, but, um, I just don't know. You got to convince somebody that they're doing something that they've, that, you know, they made a mistake when they voted for this person. I, I don't know if that's been done. I don't know if that's been done or done effectively, uh, in this situation, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see the results because Paul Santos is moderating. He's going to come in after and talk about that. He's also going to talk about the DA's race that happened. Um, I mean, the DA's race that's happening right now, the primary debate. You, you, you're hearing Tom Quinn buying up ads here on this slot and buying up ads on, um, you know, on Howie Carr slot as well. He's, um, you know, encouraging you to vote for him in the primary on September 6th. Again, defeating a longtime incumbent is a tall order. But we're going to hear from Paul. He's going to come in after and react to some of the things that were said in that debate. Who won? Who lost? You know, what were some of the more fiery moments uh, of the debate? Uh, who do who does he think presented themselves as the better candidate that evening? So um, he'll be in. He's coming in studio, I believe, to talk about it and also to talk about the fact that. He was in that boat that we, you know, WBSM reported the cruise ship that got hit by the fishing, fishing vessel. He was on the, he was on the cruise ship. In fact, I texted him the week before and I said, Hey, I asked him to come on. And he said, uh, he said, no, I'm on the boat that got hit by the, hit by the, uh, uh, hit by the fishing vessel. So he'll definitely talk about that and some other things he's got going on. Paul's, is, Paul's a funny, interesting guy. So, um, you know, we'll be taking your calls to at 508-996-0500. As far as the Mar-a-Lago thing goes, right? It's, I mean, we're, we're getting some breaking news that we're not, you know, they don't know if, you know, the FBI suspected that representatives of Trump weren't entirely truthful when talking about these documents. 
Um, I don't know if you're living under a rock. Uh, Trump's home, I think, is primary residence for campaign purposes. Uh, at least, is this pri- I think it's listed as his primary residence for his campaign purposes, right, Mar-a-Lago? Because he was originally in New York at Trump Tower. That's where he originally ran as that was his home state for purposes of, you know, the election. But he switched his registration, I believe, to Florida in the 2020 election to Mar-a-Lago, you know, for strategic reasons. So his home got raided by the FBI. Now, I say raided, they executed a lawfully authorized search warrant. And in order to get a search warrant, um, they would have had to go before a federal clerk, uh, federal uh, judge magistrate within the district. So we were talking about that yesterday. I wasn't entirely sure. It does have to be within the district, which for the district of... um, the district that the, the you know like the U.S. attorneys have uh, have dominion over, so basically the Southern District of Florida. I haven't looked up the U.S. attorney for that for that district yet, but I will. Um, the Southern District of Florida, so they have to go to the Southern District of Florida, go to a, a federal clerk, um, judge magistrate, present to the federal judge magistrate a warrant affidavit, right? Which is usually you know it can be like a twenty-page document. Uh, could be a few pages in less serious circumstances, right? But this is a federal investigation. But So it could be like a 20-plus page document outlining um, all of, you know, the reasoning behind uh, asking for this warrant, the evidence behind asking for this warrant. And basically, what you have to show to the, the, the federal judge magistrate is that there's probable cause a crime was committed and that evidence of that crime is in the place that you want to be searched. They would have had to mention the safe, right? They would have had to mention, you know, Trump cried about breaking the safe. We don't know if there's other safes that he, that they were, that were broken into. He says one safe in particular that would have had to be mentioned in the, in the, um, in the Warren affidavit. They have to be specific about what exactly they're looking for and the crime they think was committed. Now, we know that it's, well, they're reporting that it's for some violations of federal records laws, right, for the documents that he has. He's been investigated for withholding federal documents. The interesting thing about that, as you may know, the president has uh, basically absolute authority to declassify any documents that he, that he or she wants to. And uh, and I'm not sure if there's a specific mechanism to do that, but I don't know if these documents, like, could he have walked out of the White House with a box of documents that, by the way, these are just declassified, and that would have been okay. I'm not sure. The reason, you know, I'm saying this is because, like, I don't think a violation of archival records law is the real, like, I don't think that's the entire reason that they executed a search warrant of Donald Trump's residence. It doesn't seem like, like the FBI doing this knows what it's doing and the political implications of what it's doing, right? So you have to imagine 
that if they were able to, and the, I think the federal judge magistrate has to know that, right? So you'd have to imagine what they're doing is, you'd have to imagine that they're doing this because they have something bigger. Maybe they have some indictments planned. Maybe it's related to January 6th. Maybe the documents are related to January 6th. It can't just be a violation of archival law. There's just no way that that's that that a that a the FBI is going to do this because, you know, people are saying not people, you know, I'm not one to say people are saying, but you know, talking heads on the news and Republican members of Congress are saying that this is a political ploy to make Donald Trump ineligible for the 2024 election because he's definitely going to win and win big, right? You know what's funny? I had said I think Trump is going to get slaughtered. I mean, I think Trump is going to slaughter Ron DeSantis, and I think that still is – I still would bet on a a head-to-head primary between Trump and DeSantis. I would bet on Trump, but the polls show him doing not so well against uh Donald Trump, right? The polls show him not doing not so well against against Donald Trump and I mean uh against uh Ron DeSantis. And I don't know if Donald Trump for the FBI purposes is that much of a threat to their power or authority. I don't think they I don't know. I don't see any reason that they would have otherwise, until they did this, had to worry about Donald Trump, right? I'm not sure that that he's enough a threat to their power, to the you know federal, um, you know the federal law enforcement and intelligence intelligence agencies to their power for them to make this unprecedented move. I, and then on top of that, if they don't give. It's it's a huge risk. If they don't give if they don't get if they don't give us like, you know, I say give us, but if they don't do something big with this, you know what I'm saying? If they don't have an indictment and one that's substantiated cuz you need probable cause for an indictment, right? You got to present it to a grand jury. You know, once you file the criminal complaint, you have 30 days to present it to a grand jury. The grand jury is made up of, you know, supposed to be made up of people, just, you know, jury of your peers, and they're supposed to come down with an indictment. Uh, if they don't have an indict, if they don't have indictments ready, if they don't have enough evidence for an indictment ready and ready relatively soon, it's going to make Donald Trump look good. It's going to make him look like, you know, his whole thing is, and it's BS, but his whole thing is, I am you know, the anti-establishment candidate, uh, they, they're afraid of me. They're coming after me because they're afraid of me because they know that I'm going to upset the establishment and the, the swamp and all of that. That would play into his narrative pretty well. So if they don't have something that sticks, this is going to help him. The other reason I don't think it's necessarily uh, trying to make him ineligible for the election is because I don't think there's enough time to do that. We got less than two years until the 2024 presidential election, right? Less than two years until the 2024 presidential election. Election day is in November of 24. It is August of 22. This is going to take a long time. 
There's not. It's not like there's going to be a trial in six months, right? They're going to have the grand jury indictment. They're going to have to put together. They're going to have the grand. They're going to have the indictment. That could take a month or two, right? To get the indictment to come down. There's going to be. <laughs> there's going to be motions. Lots of motions filed. Motions to suppress. Motions to dismiss. Right. Motions and lemonade. There's going to be. There's going to be pre-trial dates. There's going to be a lot of pre-trial dates, compliance dates, et cetera, especially with a case this big. It's going to take years before this could even see a trial date, let alone a conviction. That trial could take a long time. The trial itself could take a while. Because we're talking about a, a former... U.S. president. This has never been done before. It would have probably been done if Nixon hadn't resigned and gotten pardoned by Gerald Ford, right? We, we, we assume that that's why, why Nixon resigned is because he was going to get into some legally difficult situations. And, you know, when Trump says, what's the difference between this and Watergate? Well, this is a legally authorized search warrant watergate was a break-in a burglary author uh, an illegal burglary by five people that was specifically authorized by the president right for the purposes of helping his re-election campaign in 72 this isn't this is a this is this was done with a warrant affidavit that had probable cause they had probable cause presumably because again it's difficult to imagine that Whatever they're going for isn't important. Not to say the FBI has a sterling record of doing their job super well. I agree to that. But it's kind of funny actually seeing, speaking of that, seeing people like Marjorie Taylor Greene say defund the FBI or say defund the FBI. Marjorie Taylor Greene's for defunding the police now. Trump, a few days before he's, his house got searched, was saying... We need to execute all drug dealers with a speedy trial or no trial at all. He said other countries have quicker trials. They had Viktor Orban from Hungary, um, a despot from Hungary uh, at their at CPAC, I believe, um, to a vacuous crowd. Uh, he's constantly talked about. He's constantly encouraged um, members of law enforcement to like uh seen uh you know to telling them to purposefully hit their heads against the frame of the car door on the when they're arresting people he's constantly incited violence um he says sometimes you got to get mean and nasty i think he said that you got to get mean and nasty he has no problem talking about emboldening the government to do vicious ostensibly unconstitutional things himself but when it comes to those things happening to him he's all of a sudden <laughs> he's all of a sudden a um criminal justice reformist right So, so anyway, 508-996-0500, 
Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBSS. Show just Marcus right now. Just Marcus right now. Chris will be back tomorrow. We actually have Mayor Mitchell coming in at 7, so we're going to talk to him about some stuff. Um, you know, he'll be in and Tim in, in the earlier in the day, but we're going to talk about some different topics. I think that will be um, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. So you'll definitely want to catch that with the mayor. Of course, I'm taking your calls at 508-996-0500, taking your messages on the WBSM app chat as well. So it's there isn't just there really just isn't much to say about the Mar-a-Lago thing after because you know when it first broke all you heard was this is so unprecedented oh my god this is a total lack of a precedent oh my god if there's a precedent for this I haven't seen it yet this precedent does not yet exist until now this is the precedent because there's no precedent for it that's all you heard and that's still more or less all you're hearing. We can speculate about it. If you'd like to, you can at 508-996-0500. But the fact of the matter is, the only thing we know is that the FBI was able to prove that, was able to uh, put together a warrant affidavit that had prob- that showed probable cause to a clerk, uh, judge magistrate, a federal judge magistrate in the Southern District of Florida that showed probable cause that a crime was committed. They're saying with respect to these federal documents, again, it's hard to believe that archival law is the foundation for raiding the uh, former president's home. It's hard to believe it's just a violation of archival law, especially considering how I think murky it could be uh, in light of the Presidential Records Act. But we know that they have shown in a Warren affidavit, they must have, that probable cause had been determined. Uh, there, there had been probable cause determined by a federal judge magistrate that a crime had been committed and that evidence of that crime was contained in the places that they searched. They had to be specific about what exactly they were looking for and where they thought they could find it. So it wasn't just like, hey, we're going to go roll up to Trump's home. They had Secret Service was notified, like we had speculated yesterday. Secret Service was notified, and they were notified and compliant, because why wouldn't they be? It was a federal warrant. They were notified and compliant and let the FBI in. That's all we really know. And then you hear opinions by, again, loyalists who say this is a weaponization of the DOJ, Um this is, you know, again, uh, the, the weakest argument to me is this is so he doesn't get reelected in 24. One, we don't know if he actually would. He lost his, like everybody thinks he's a lock to get reelected, right, uh, on the Republican side. Forgetting the fact that he lost. <laughs> he lost. He lost. This isn't, the last time, the last time a, a, a guy, a, an incumbent president lost an election, and then got reelected, or even was allowed to run again, was Grover Cleveland. So to say this is, oh, because he's definitely going to win in 24, that they're, that they're, you know, this is why. He's not even a lock to win his primary, it seems, based on the polling with DeSantis. Not even a lock to win his primary. 
he lost his reelection. I think a lot of people soured on him after January 6th. On top of that, I don't think they're going to be legally allowed to disqualify him for an office, even if he was convicted. The law isn't clear. The law is not clear about... The law is not clear about um, whether or not someone running for office or someone federally convicted of a crime is ineligible for office. I believe there's some Supreme Court precedent on that where they tried to have, they tried to get somebody in Congress in the late 60s who was, um, I think, convicted of a crime. They were trying to have him not seated for Congress, but they basically said, well, he meets the requirements, which for to be a rep was, you know, you're a legal resident of the United States and you're at least 25 years old. And I think you live in the district or something like that. Whatever those requirements were. And, you know, the requirements for president, you have to be at least 35 and naturally born citizen. So I'm not sure that it's even clear that a conviction would keep him from sitting in office. On top of that, he's got a supermajority in the Supreme Court that would 100% rule that he could be seated for office, even if he was convicted. Top of that, I don't think a conviction would come until after the election anyway. And by then, he's already president. <laughs> if he were to win, by then he's already president. And he'd have the Supreme Court. And you'd have to assume if he won, he'd probably have Congress too. Right? So none of that makes sense strategically to me. I, I just don't see it. 508 996 is how you can get in the program. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Hey. Uh, yes. No. What's oh, up? Suddenly the, the line went blank there. Oh. <laughs> What's uh, up, Don? Yeah, this is Don. Uh, Chris Marcus. Uh, a couple other things. When the um, people show up with a search warrant, aren't they supposed to give you a copy stating specifically what they are looking for in the items to be removed? And do they not leave a receipt with you when, of the things taken? Uh, yeah. The re so I know they, they attach a receipt. Uh, I know a receipt is attached at some point. I don't know if it's immediately after. I think it's attached to the warrant affidavit. Um like afterwards, but I I don't know if they give it to you right away. And yeah, they they'll have a co they would have a copy of the warrant to 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 give to the person being searched. They could have. That's what I understand. But uh, they were just talking to Eric Trump, and uh, he was there, and they said they just showed the warrant to the Secret Service, did not leave a copy, removed boxes and boxes of stuff, but without ascertaining what was in the box, and then left. I mean, they could have given it to somebody else. They could have given it to Donald Trump himself in New York. He was at Trump Tower at the time. Um, I think that would have satisfied the requirement if they delivered it to oh, him. You're possibly right. And one other thing, too, Marcus, aren't you allowed to call and have your attorney present to review the warrant to make sure that it's not a, a defective warrant? Well, your attorney can 
do that afterwards, I don't think you're legally required to have it. Like, I don't, you're not, I, you don't have necessarily, if they're, if they're doing, so let's put it this way. If they're doing a no knock warrant for this Trump's president, uh, uh, residence, then they have a reason to believe that this evidence could be tampered with. So they're not going to give him advance notice by letting his attorney know the attorney has, a, has time out. The, the attorney will have right to review that warrant affidavit and, and determine what I was saying, Marcus, is that you could call and have the attorney come and be present during the execution of the warrant. Yeah, I think that would be I think during the execution of the warrant. Yeah, I think that would Correct. be permissible. Correct. But they, they're not going to let yeah. the attorney know ahead of time. You don't have a right to that. No, no, I understand that. But I mean, just to ensure that everything is, is uh, you know, all of T's across the I's are dotted that because there are defective warrants, as you and I both well know. And uh, they could show up with a defective warrant for the, with the wrong address, wrong name, etc. And uh, sorry, Jack, uh, you got the wrong place, wrong number. And it's, it's especially when they did not leave a copy of the warrant with the Secret Service. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I, I imagine if they went through all of the, if they, it's like I was saying earlier, it, it, if they're going to go through the process of, you know, an unprecedented search of a former president's home with a federally authorized warrant. I imagine they're going to make sure all the T's and I's no, are. It, yeah. It would have been nice too, if they were video recording what they were doing, huh? Yeah, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I, I, I suppose I, I would agree with you on that, right? If you're going to search someone's no, home. I, I believe that's the case. Yeah. I mean, if you're lawfully and constitutionally doing your duty because you're bound by the constitution, you should have no problem showing the public what you did. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Yeah, no, just just some concerns there, though, Marcus and Chris. No, of course. Yeah, Chris is out tonight, but he'll be back tomorrow. Oh, yeah. okay. No, I'm not getting you good. Uh, you, you're cutting in and out on me, so oh, I'm just letting you know. Sorry. All right, thanks. Yeah, right Thanks, there. Don. Okay. All right, bye. Take so, yeah, no, I, I mean, imagine all the other, if they're going to go through this, I imagine all the other processes that are involved in executing a search warrant are, you know, have been thoroughly... The federal government, with respect to convictions, has a pretty good record. The federal government, usually more than local law enforcement, has a lot more time and resources available to build a case. So this wasn't done in a ham-fisted way. They have a very high conviction rate. I think 85 to 90% conviction rate. And um, it's just they would they have a lot more resources, right? They have a lot more resources than a local law enforcement agency would, like your municipal police or even the state police. The DOJ is very, very well funded. The FBI is very well funded. It's kind of funny to see Republicans talking about defunding the police after... <laughs> You know, after they searched the home of their big, beautiful boy, Trump. But they have plenty of resources and, and time. They have time and resources available to execute a um, to execute a thorough and effective investigation leading up to a conviction. They have a really high success rate. So it's hard to believe in this circumstance that they're not sh that they're not sure 
that they're going to do this without really being sure that they're going to find something that's really that's not only going to satisfy their case, but I mean, frankly, satisfy public opinion. Because if they screw this up, if they screw this up, they could be done for, right? All the people involved in this could be done for. Because if they screw this up and they don't have anything, that's going to help Trump. Trump could be emboldened by that. It could help him win the election. Christopher Ray, Trump's appointee, five years, almost five years, five years ago to the date, right, of the search warrant. Christopher Ray is done for if Trump gets reelected. So strategically, they have to have something. I guess we'll find out what. You know, what I thought was interesting is uh, I was looking at people that were defending Trump. And obviously, you know, you got Marjorie Taylor Greene, Kevin McCarthy saying he's going to basically impeach the Attorney General Merrick Garland. But when I, who I thought was uh, one, of the, one, of his intre- one of his defenders I thought was really interesting was uh, Rod Blagojevich, the former governor of Illinois. He, if you don't remember, he was governor of Illinois when Barack Obama got elected president. Barack Obama got elected and that Senate seat became vacant. And as you know, the Senate seats, uh, vacant Senate seats are left to appointment by the sitting governor. Unless sometimes, you know, the, sometimes the Senate can, or the state legislature can change that like they I think they were going to do with Mitt Romney if Kerry won or whatever. But he got basically charged and convicted of trying to sell that Senate seat. There's some disputes. He was convicted. He was sentenced to 12 years, which honestly seems like a lot. One of the attorneys in the case was Lori Lightfoot. The U.S. attorneys that was on the case is Lori Lightfoot, who's now the mayor of Chicago. And... There's some, I think, decent questions about whether or not Blagojevich deserved what he got. But he was actually, he spent eight, seven, eight years in prison. He was supposed to do more. I think maybe 15, maybe 12, 15. I can't remember. He was supposed to do more than what he got. But he was pardoned by President Trump. He was pardoned by President Trump. Now, he's a Democrat, Democratic governor. And it was Obama's DOJ that moved on him. But he said... Haven't been this shocked since the FBI came to my home at 6 a.m. to arrest me. Targeting political re- uh, leaders by a weaponized and politicized DOJ is a criminal attack on our democracy. A tragic day for all Americans. I thought that per- perspective was interesting from a Democratic, uh, Democrat, a member of the Democratic Party, or I guess maybe formerly a member of the Democratic Party, who was, for one reason or another, pardoned by Trump. And uh, I think, obviously, knows is well experienced with prosecutions of political figures. Anyway, 508-996-0500. we take a break. We'll be back. Listen to us live. Just Marcus tonight. Chris will be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back with the mayor, actually. We've got Paul Santos coming on later. Uh, let's take your calls at 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hi, Marcus. How you doing? Hey, Chuck. What's up? Um, make some observations about this whole thing. Sure. Um, you know, I have believed for a long time that you have to pay attention to what Donald Trump says. 
He sounds crazy, but he knows exactly what he's doing. I'm not saying he isn't evil, because in my book he is evil. Right. But evil can know what it's doing. Uh, when he said, I can do what I want, that's a message to his base. You defend me. I can do anything. As long as you're getting what you want from me, I can do what I want. When he said uh, I could shoot somebody on Madison Ave or something? Yeah. Um, Then the idea that Trump said, this is particularly at the time of Comey, I need loyalty. What he means is, of course, is people who are willing to lie for him. And aren't you seeing that in the Republican Party right now? Yeah, no, I, I think so. Um, I mean, that's what they're do- that's what they're doing. I there's a there's a significant faction of of the Republican Party. I'd say most of them that have to now say like that they're again they're they're uh, law enforcement reformists um, after the FBI raided Trump. Oh my God, this is political. They have too much power. Defund the FBI. Marjorie Taylor Greene calling for the funding of the police is I, yeah, I think really impressive. Understanding about the Trump base. They can be on any side of an issue they want, depending <laughs> upon what's convenient. Well, Trump was on any side of the issue he wanted. That's true. Was really, I love where, what was his name? Anthony Scaramucci. Oh, yeah. He made an interesting comment about whether Trump is racist. It, you know, it, one of the most bizarre comments, but maybe it's true. Trump really does he can't be racist, because he really doesn't stand for anything anyhow. It's funny. Um, yeah, he was right at, what, Anthony Scaramucci, I believe, was White House Communications Director for 11 days. Yeah, and now he's a hedge fund manager. Yeah, of course. So they all go there. Um, you know, but and the shakedown that the right wing is trying to do now is make the FBI talk, shake them down, get everything out of them. That's not the proper way to do it. Well, there's a Florida legislator that um, had tweeted out that he thinks that they need to reconvene session to pass a law to arrest FBI agents in Florida if they're doing things outside the purview of what they normally do, which, uh, I, you know, who who are they to determine that? It's not even, you know, you can't do that, right? That's not even constitutional. Well, but, I guess free, it's called freedom and liberty. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know, the final comment is... Um, you think Trump's swamp, and I'm not laughing when I'm saying this, please pay attention. You think Trump's swamp is going to let him be indicted or convicted? Um, yeah, well. Or will there be a lot of massacring going on? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know uh, you, maybe you can't say it. I will. We came awful close on January 6th to losing this country. If a couple of people hadn't had the morality they did, we would have been immediately in civil war. Well, we don't know if actually January 6th has anything to do with this 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 raid. It oh, might. I didn't say it did. It, it might, though. You know, I, I agree with you that, we don't, again, we don't know this whole story. Right. But, you know, this, this isn't Ken Starr standing at the end of his driveway every day giving Stop. press conferences. Yeah. But look, Mueller was the same thing. He was very quiet. Yeah. But what did the Trump—first, Trump was never vindicated. 
But if you you just keep pounding away at it day after day after day with the fist, you win. Right. Hey, have a good one. You as well. You as well. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah. Um. Again, we'll find out more about this. There's really nothing else to say. I don't think there's nothing else to say right now. I don't. I don't think. And if you have any. I mean, if you have any opinions or comments on it, you can give me a call at 508-996-0500 or message on the app chat, whatever. But it's just like we don't, we just don't know. We just don't know. We just don't know anything else. We'll know more as time goes on. We'll know, we'll know a lot more. But for now, we just know that the FBI raided the former president's home based on what they're saying is a violation of national records law, which has to be more than that, which has to be more than that because of the implications, because of the implications. All right, 508 take another break. We'll be right back. 1420. To South Coast tonight, I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow, and we'll have Mayor Mitchell on tomorrow. Tonight, uh, I want to shift the conversation a bit. I want to talk about... Because I think we've exhausted the Trump Mar-a-Lago thing until we learn more stuff. It's not really all that local. But again, if you have any comments, I'm I'm open or, or speculation or whatever. I'm open to hearing at, about it at 508-996-0500 or a message. But I want to move on to something else, something local, a uh, little bit more feast talk, a uh, little bit more politics talk. And we're going to have Paul Santos come in uh, later on in the program after moderating the uh, Dartmouth Candidates Night to respond, to react to the debate and uh, between Cameron Costa and Chris Markey and Tom Quinn and uh, Shannon McMahon. And also, 